Hey everyone, welcome to another Devo with Jamie and Patrick. How y'all doing? I am excited to be back at this. Now, what you guys don't know behind the scenes is that Patrick just took a giant sip of coffee and he's about to blow all that coffee onto his computer. Pat, are you doing okay? When you said, how are you doing? I like sat waiting for a response from some someone. I don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The podcast format isn't really necessarily like a two-way street here. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it could have been you who would say, who would uh, give us a response. <laughs> but seriously, though, what... Uh, What I've been thinking is, you know, we record these things at different times and places. And Pat, it's been a little while since we last recorded and I've missed it, man. I really, I really enjoy this time that we have together to be able to uh, get into God's word, to just chat and to do these devos. So I'm ready. Yeah, me too. It's been about a month. You know, last time we recorded was July 7th and today it's August 2nd. So yeah, crazy. All right. Well, enough behind the scenes. Let's go in front of the scenes, if that <laughs> if that makes sense, and uh, dive into Psalm 118 because it is a Sunday, and Sunday means Psalm. Uh, actually, it, it doesn't mean Psalm, but in this podcast, Sundays mean Psalms. So Sundays mean Psalms. Psalm 118 right. is super long, 29 verses. Uh, so we're just going to look at the first half, verses one through 14. So you have to study the other half on your own after this. That's right. That's your homework. Because that's what that's what we're about now. It's homework. Psalm 118. I'll uh, read it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cry to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Psalm 118, we're beginning with something that's really uh, common in a lot of Psalms and common in worship is what's being brought to God first is to give thanks, to start with Thanksgiving. And starting with Thanksgiving isn't something that's, that's new. This is like an old practice when we talk about God, when we talk about coming to worship. Hmm. So back in the day, uh, when everyone would come to Jerusalem for the festivals, really kind of their primary like attitude as you would come to the festivals was of joy and was to come back to give thanks. And what's really cool um, is that people would bring offerings to God and they were commanded to bring offerings to God as, and there was even a thank offering. This is an offer, an offering of gratitude. You were supposed to do that uh, based on how much God has blessed you. Oh. 
Now, yeah, can you imagine if I'm like, okay, Pat, I need you to write a check uh, based on how much God has blessed you in your life. So, like, you know, we're talking money, (laughs) right? You know, an offering of money or it could be anything. Offerings of money. uh, Back in the day, there was a lot of offerings of sacrifice. Um, So like animals, you'd give animals to to the uh, to the priests. Um, and as an offering, so like, but, but it was supposed to be based on how much you've been blessed. So some of that might be like, you know, you're, you're like a tithe. Like we do this today. You know, people are like, okay, give a tithe, give 10% of what you bring in 10% of that. You give that to, to God. And for a lot of people that means different things, right? So some people that's like exactly 10% they give to the church, for some people, it's like, well, I give some to, you know, this Christian organization and that Christian organization. And, and some people even do it where they're like, you know what, I'm just going to give to this person I know who really needs it as a, as a gift to God. Um, but a lot of that begins with the attitude of thanksgiving. And so verse one, that's where we start, right? Give thanks to the Lord. And why are we giving him thanks? He's good. So he's... You know, he's like, God is, is good. God's not bad. Um, it's a, the word for good here, if you really translate it and really dig deep, it's good. That's all it means. It's not like <laughs> a fancy word for good or anything. <laughs> wow. Nice. It's like if you said like, hey, good day, you know, like good, good. It's basic word for good. And I like it when, I like it when the Bible has some, just some like basic language. It's not getting too complicated, right? Yeah. Hey, thank God because he's good. And then it goes into his love enduring forever. And the love that the word for love, though, is this has said love, uh, which is not like your basic word for love. It is a little bit more, a little bit deeper. So it's 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 faithful love. It's loyalty. It's um, like continual love. Mm. Which, so it kind of makes sense yeah. that God's loyalty or God's faithfulness endures forever. Yeah. Um, so what a great way to start. Yeah. And the other part that I like, you said, you know, the word good is just super basic. It's, it is what it is. There's no deeper meaning. Um, it, that's like a good thing to remember because when you're praying and talking to God, God knows what you mean. Sometimes it's easier to say, God, you're good. And God knows you're thinking, God, you're all powerful. You're almighty. You're in control. Like whatever you want to say, God knows all of that. He knows like what you're thinking. And so sometimes, you know, I think the psalmist is like, you know, just saying, God, you're good. And moving on because he had other things he wanted to to write about. Yeah. And I I love that, that we can come to God with our our simple language. You know, God speaks, uh, the language of our heart. God hears your emotions, which is kind of cool to think. And I, I mean, I like that idea that God hears your emotions. And so God, God knows, he knows what you're thinking and feeling. He knows what it's about. Um, just on a side note, a lizard just ran into my garage. So I threw something at it. So if you heard a weird noise, uh, that's what that was. My cat's <laughs> probably going crazy. She probably is excited to chase a lizard. So verses two, three, and four, uh, it's a lot of different people groups um, giving thanks to the Lord. And I love it because it's kind of inclusive, right? So you have kind of a weird, a weird order of them as well. So, right. So it starts with let Israel say his love endures forever. Now, if you're like, well, isn't Israel a country? Isn't Israel a nation? 
And and yeah, yeah, that that's true. Uh, but the name Israel comes from the person Israel who had these sons and all the sons were the 12 tribes of Israel. If you've ever heard that phrase before. Um, and this is before the Exodus. This is before uh, going into Egypt. And there were only a small number of, um, of Israelites or the sons of Israel. And then they became this mighty nation while they were in, uh, in slavery in Egypt. And so when they say, let Israel say, they're referring to all the 12 tribes oh. of Israel. So it's like this whole giant nation. Um, it's all the people. And, and those people were marked as being children of Abraham, uh, which would mean that they are the chosen people. These are God's select people group. Because back in the day, that's kind of how it was, right? So you have the folks who are living in these lands who, uh, who at times, you know, the, the history of God's people is, is really crazy. They're in slavery, they're in exile, uh, they're in war with other people. There's even a time of conquest when they went and took over from all these other nations. So they've always had other nations surrounding them. They've been taken away by other nations. Um, and so Israel as a nation, as a country, or as a people group, was God's chosen people. And, and their, their job as God's chosen people was to worship God, but to also be this kind of light to the, to the other nations. They were supposed to show other people who God was and who God was about. And so if you think of it like that, uh, you know, God's chosen people they're there uh, in this section, you know, let Israel, let God's chosen people say his love endures forever. And that's their little Testament, right? They're testifying. They're like, Hey, God's love endures forever. We as a people of Israel can say that. The next one is the house of Aaron. Now this gets more specific. The house of Aaron were the the priests, the priestly class, right? So these are like because if you remember back in the days, you had you had Moses and then you had Aaron, and Aaron was like Moses number two guy, and so his job as a priest was an important thing, and it and it kind of opened up this priestly class of people. So these are the people who are like, no God, uh, the people who are like closest to the temple or the tabernacle. Um, and so these class of people, they also have the same testimony. His love endures forever. And then thirdly, you have let those who fear the Lord. That's kind of a big group of people. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the catch-all. It kind of is the catch-all, right? So it's like, okay, so the chosen people say his love endures forever. The priests, you know, these are like the professional uh, churchy guys who stay as close to God as possible. Uh, those people are saying his love endures forever. And then all of those who fear the Lord are also saying his love endures forever. Mm -hmm. Now, those who fear the Lord includes people of all nations. And I think today we can kind of open that up too, right? I mean, that's just true back then as it is today. People who really do fear the Lord and who know God. They can say God's love, it, it keeps going. Yeah. God's love isn't, isn't part-time. God's love isn't just at a certain place in time. God's love goes on forever. We got all the people proclaiming that God's love endures forever. And now we get into the nitty gritty of this first part of the passage. And now it's a single person who's saying it, right? Yeah. A lot of I statements, a lot of, a lot about the individual so verse five, when hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. 
you know, anytime anyone is hard pressed in a, in a conflict or a, a weird dilemma or has to figure something out, being hard pressed, crying to the Lord for help, uh, is a good move <laughs> for real. Right now being hard pressed. Uh, whenever I think about this, I think of like apple cider and they have those presses where they press the apples, oh. like clamp them down uh-huh. and like the cider comes out. I know that's kind of a weird thing to think of, but uh, that, that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. And I think about being in one of those presses. Oh, <laughs> right. Being like squished. You're like, uh Oh, there's this classic scene in star Wars. And I, I don't know if you remember it, but it's like all the, the main characters are in a prison and in order to get out of the prison, they have to find a way out and they find a way out and it's in a dumpster inside of a spaceship and then they realize it's actually a trash compactor oh. and the walls start to close on them and it's just such a great scene because it like you can feel the stress go up as the walls get closer and closer yeah. like, these people are all going to get squished and I feel like you are really honing in on what this verse is actually saying you know you've an apple press or the trash compactor you're you're being pressed and pressed and pressed and when you cry to the lord he'll bring you into a spacious place where you're not being pressed and pressed and pressed you really like you connected to this verse in a very specific way yeah you know i think that uh being in a spacious place i think that's something that a lot of people can connect with right now especially if you're having to quarantine Mm -hmm. and uh you're stuck in a place and you feel like oh i just can't figure out what's next like maybe you're really into sports and your season might be canceled um and you just feel trapped by that maybe you really want to go hang out with some friends but you can't yeah uh, because of quarantine, you might be, f- be feeling trapped like that. Maybe you're in a household where it's not nice to be home all the time, right? Mm. Uh, there's a lot of fighting or there's a lot of tension. And so you feel like you're trapped in a place. And, and so I just want to, you know, kind of throw that out there that a lot of us feel, can feel trapped at times and really want to get out. Um, and here we have a situation where the person writing the Psalm says, Hey, when I was trapped, I cried to the Lord. So maybe that's a good word for us today is when you feel trapped, first thing is cry to the Lord. Um, it's not to fight your way out. It's not to, um, you know, just kick and scream. Uh, it's not to give up, right? It's cry out to God. God will hear you. And what does God do? You said that he brings you into spacious place. Yeah. What a good thing. Yeah. Verse six, right? The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Yeah, the Lord is always so, with you. That sounds like something Thor would say, or Loki from Marvel, you know. What can mere mortals do to me? Um, I don't know. Maybe I've been watching too, ma- too many uh, Avengers movies or something. I got to say, I, I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen the Avengers, <laughs> so I can't relate. Uh, you know, I know, Pat, you're the kind of guy that turns a movie on and falls asleep. I know. Uh, that's a classic. That's a classic thing. I'm the kind of person who, if I can't sleep, I'll watch a movie. So, it, but it, and it doesn't always put me to sleep. So, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, the idea of mere mortals is an interesting concept. I don't think the psalmist is saying like, hey, uh, I'm immortal. I don't think that's like the, the point of it. The point of it is that God is immortal. And that 
you know, any problem that we face from other people in this world um, is not a big deal compared to how big God is and how God lives forever. By the way, the lizard is back. The lizard is now looking at me. Is it one in the push-up position? (laughs) There you go. Uh, verse seven, the Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. Now this, this verse doesn't, uh, doesn't sit with me like super well for some reason. I, the Lord is with me. He is my helper. That sits with me. Well, I can relate yeah. to that, but I look in triumph on my enemies. Now, I guess I've never like looked at an enemy with triumph. But that just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know why. That just doesn't feel like the right, yeah, the right I thing. Th- I think you're like a nice person. <laughs> you're not someone who's going to like gloat over like a win. Hmm. And in fact, back then when you're talking about triumph over enemies, that usually is like life or death consequences, right? Oh. So like, <laughs> I mean, most of the time back then, there's a lot of taking over countries, taking over people groups, war, uh, you know, think of this in the context of, of war, maybe not in the context of like, you know, a game. Um, so I look in triumph on my enemies. Uh, basically, you know, I think what's happening here is the psalmist is saying, God's with me and God is the one who's helping me win. Like that's how my in- my enemies aren't winning. God is winning. Yeah. And so I think if you look at it of, you know, this person's enemies are actually God's enemies. Hmm. And that's because this the psalmist has chosen to have God with them. God has chosen to be with the psalmist. And so that's kind of a cool thought that God is with them. And because God is with them, that means that people who are enemies of God are not going to win mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. And the, and if you think too, if, if, if we want to think that maybe this was like David's life or something like that, David was in some pretty harsh situations in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was in a place where he could have been killed, you know, at any moment. Uh, he was living in caves. He had even his own son turn against him. He uh, he got himself in some pretty crazy situations. He had to pretend that he was crazy so he wouldn't be killed by a king. He, he did some crazy stuff. And so when you think about kind of all of the things he did, all the enemies he had, it's good to know that God was with him in all of that. Yeah. I mean, and I guess if I was called to go to, go to war, go to fight, uh, something like that, I could see how maybe I could relate to that passage a little more or that specific line Mm -hmm. a little more, but, um, I have to remember this is not written in today's time or, you know, by me or, or someone like me even. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so this was not written by me. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh so like moving on in verse eight, uh yeah. is it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. Now that also uh I get it, but also that feels like an attack on me. Because you're a human? Yeah, because I'm a human. I want to be trustworthy. Uh but this is saying, you know, don't, it's better to. Those humans, man. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for those humans. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the Lord will always be there. When I see this, I think it's easier to trust in humans than to trust in the Lord. Because humans will give you all sorts of promises. Humans will say, you know, I got you. I'll help you. Look at, you know, 
all of my strength and might and power. Trusting in God, you know, God, we don't see. It takes faith to trust in God. It just takes kind of intellect and emotion to trust in humans. Hmm. So if there's someone that you know who you can tell is powerful or strong and you need their help and you want to trust in them, that's that's like kind of second nature. You know, like here's a good example. Think of your parents. You know, maybe your parents are people who have always taken care of you. And if your parents are the kind of parents who have always taken care of you, it's just second nature to trust in them. Right. But to trust in God, that's a whole nother thing, right? So like maybe you are older in high school and you're worried about where you're going to go to college and you know your parents are super involved in that process, maybe too involved where they're like deciding where you're going to go to school or they're, you know, like telling you how to write your college essays or they're making you take SAT classes and prep classes like crazy. And you trust in your parents because they're giving you all this advice. But at some point you have to choose what school you're going to go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how do you trust in the Lord in that? Right. At some point you're going to have to just be like, God, I trust you in this. Like I, I made all these plans, my parents, I trust in them to help. But ultimately, I I have to take my refuge in the Lord. And then, you know, the next line, it starts the same way. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. So, like, higher level leadership. Uh, Yeah. I'm thinking of Disney Disney princesses (laughs) and the prince that comes in and saves the day. Yeah. Like Shrek. Again, I'm going right back to movie, movie references. Yeah. I've seen Shrek, if you want to reference, you know. Shrek. Uh, yeah, Shrek's not Disney, I don't think, but... Oh, um, <laughs> shoot. But that's fine. It's like the only animated one that's not Disney anymore. I gotta, uh, I gotta not yeah, go yeah. towards movies, man. <laughs> yeah, you're Yeah, you're not really... Uh, you don't really know your movies, I guess. That's fine. I barely know my movies, so this probably isn't uh, our cup of tea. Yeah. But I do think of princes, right? It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in... Princes, meaning like powerful people of authority who are there to save the day, who have, you know, power and might and people listen to them. You know, it's good if you and I want to say this too, right? Like if, if you know humans who, like your parents uh, who are good people, it's great to trust in people. Trusting in people is good, mm-hmm. right? It's good. It's not bad. Trusting in the authorities that you have. Like right now we have to trust in our government and the authorities to help us make rules for coronavirus stuff to help us uh, to know what to do and how to react and when to shut down, when to open up. We have to trust in that. Uh, And that's hard. It's hard to do. And it's okay to do. It's a good thing to trust in trustworthy people, Um, except that it's better to trust in God. It's like one up to trust in God. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Trust in God is better than, like it said, better than trust in humans. And princes are humans also. So it kind of yeah. like falls under the same umbrella. Now, verses 10 through 10 through 12 all yeah, have a similar... Violent. Yeah, they all have a similar feel. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side. But in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they are consumed as, as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. This is pretty harsh. 
Yeah. So, I mean, nations surrounding, it seems like it gets, goes from a very zoomed out perspective talking about nations and then very like specific bees. I, yeah. I, I'm not allergic to bees. I've been stung by bees and they don't bother me a lot. I mean, it's like, ouch. And then you brush it off, but being surrounded by a swarm of bees sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happened to my brother once he was uh, in the backyard when we were kids and he stood on this log. It was like a, a log that fell down and kind of rotted and he was standing on it, rocking it back and forth. What he didn't know is that a hive of bees had decided to live in that log, like a rotten part of it. And they all just came out and started sit stinging him like crazy. Whoa. And so I saw him running around with bees. I remember seeing a bee behind his ear, just stinging him behind his ear. <laughs> and then like a whole swarm of them going after him. And I, and I was a pretty young kid. And he just started yelling bees. My dad came running out and just started smacking the bees off of him. It was like kind of a funny scene, but also a little horrific. Uh, but when you're surrounded by bees, you don't know where to go or what to do, right? You're like totally trapped in. Do you like, how do you fight bees? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know because I'm not sure. Trust the Lord, I guess. <laughs> um, in the name of the Lord, you could cut through the bees. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> cut them down. Yeah. So I think we have to think about this too. You know, if if you read the Old Testament, you realize that war is something that seems almost normal or second nature to the people of that time and in that place. And, and that's not necessarily true. I mean, I think we read it and we're like, man, they're always fighting. There's always war, and that's not that's not necessarily the case. Um, there's a lot of seasons where there isn't war. Mm. Uh, there are times of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years go by with, with zero war. Now, I mean, just think of our own country, just to give you an example, right? In my lifetime, there's been all sorts of conflicts. They don't call them wars anymore. There's been all sorts of conflicts and basically wars that are happening in different parts of the world. And, uh, and, and so we look at the Old Testament like, oh man, things were so much more violent back then. People were so much more prone to go to war. And I would say, well, wait a minute, look at today and the number of wars that are happening today and the amount of soldiers that we have that are that are out there. So I think we need to take a fair look at the Old Testament and a fair look at who we are today and see how much different things actually are. I think the difference now is that the wars that, that happen now and the violence that happens now is happening far away and we only see it in pictures and it's not people we know usually who are going to war back then if you went to war it was like all in you know everyone seemed to be affected by it hmm. so the psalmist is writing and saying i'm surrounded on every side hmm. and if you look at at the that the nation of of israel and you look at like a city like jerusalem uh which was the, the, the capital city, the place of worship, the place of um, kind of political structure and might, they easily could be surrounded on all sides. They had uh, people who were between them and the sea. They had people on top, people below, uh, and then kind of, you know, big deserts and stuff to the, to the east, but people could still come in from the east. And if you look at a map of Israel today, you could see it's hemmed in on all sides by all, by different countries and different nations. Mm. And so 
if you think about if all of those nations surrounding you are wanting to get you, that's what it's like to be swarmed around like bees. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and there's like people that live in that reality still today that Absolutely. we like don't know, but maybe even in different ways, there are people that live in that reality that we do know. Maybe there's, and, you know, mental mind games that are going on that have people surrounded and we just don't know it or their living situation has them feeling like they're surrounded. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a, a world class war, you know, lots of people. It could just be an individual thing as well. And I think that's where it comes back to this idea of, of you know, God being with you and bringing you into a spacious place. Uh, when you're trapped by something, like you said, it could be mental illness that you're trapped by. It could be uh, family issues that you're trapped by. It could be financial issues that you are trapped by. Um, it could be uh, a toxic friend group that you're in. Right. That you feel trapped by. Um, and God is going to not necessarily have you cut down your friend group. Uh, that doesn't, that's not exactly the way that that'll go. But what what is being said here is that if you feel trapped, if you feel like people are out to get you or like you can't win on your own, God is your helper. Yeah. And I think that's what the next verse 13 tells us, right? Yeah, 13 and 14. Back. I was about to fall. So think about being pushed back towards a cliff, right? You're pushed back. You're about to fall. But the Lord helped me. Mm. Verse 14, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. And I love that we're ending with the word salvation. Yeah. Because if you think about the story of Jesus, he was pushed back. He was hemmed in on all sides. He was surrounded by a swarm of bees. He had people shout crucify him to him. Uh, He was pushed back and did fall, you know, up on a cross uh, and died. But God was his helper God was his strength. God was his defense. And by his sacrifice, God became, Jesus became our salvation. And that's kind of like a lot of big concepts all at once. But that's uh, the reality that we live in. We live as a people who have salvation in Jesus. And that gives us freedom. Amen to that. Amen. So like, like we said, we covered the first half of this psalm. Go and read the other half on your own, just sometime today. You know, maybe right now, maybe in 20 minutes, maybe tomorrow morning, whatever it is. Whenever you listen to this, just make some time. Go read the second half of Psalm 118. It'll take you less than a minute. And uh, be sure to come back on Wednesday, because Wednesday we have a very interesting topic we're going to talk about on this Devo. Uh, So So be, be excited for that. Until then, so excited. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.